0: are you driven by a passion to discover your divine destiny ready to discover your purpose and fulfill your God-given potential You can at the Kingdom Church at Philadelphia in West Oak Lane Sundays at 9 a.m. Rediscover the kingdom and discover your purpose, identity, and divine destiny. For more information, call 267-357-9816. The kingdom of God is now eternal. And it's your time. Don't miss your moment. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God will supply your needs. See you this Sunday at the Kingdom Church at Philadelphia in West Oak Lane at 9 a.m. The Kingdom Church at Philadelphia, 6101 Limekiln Pike at Church Lane. Call 267-357-9816. This message paid for by the faithful supporters of Kingdom Vision Ministries International. Listen daily to www.247kingdomradio.com where Jesus is Savior, Lord, Owner, Master, and King.
1: Come on. <laughs> okay. a
2: on. Come on. Come on. Files.
1: Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a long get there you yeah. and, and some of them are, just They look like the city. Yeah. They dress just like
2: us. Right, 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 So I'm saying all that to say it's not what it looks like, right? All right, Oh, All right, meeting called the order. Good morning, good
1: morning. Um, they, um, good morning.
2: Good morning. <laughs>
1: Hello.
2: God bless you. I'm be Lois. Yeah, I'm taking my study this morning. I'm sorry, man, that we can getting study for our uh, people of And we're going to continue and on the, the early church. Amen. And uh, I just want to, you know, I know that back in the creation of the early church, back in the days of the early church, um, there's some things, and there's some cultural things about it that we may not be able to get back to. But there's some things that when they operate in the way that they function, I uh, do want everyone to understand. So, mm-hmm. there's a few moments that we come to order this morning. do come get, get the circle, seats are arranged here the way they are, you know. Yeah. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Praise God. You pray. Amen. So let's pray. Let's go. Time is running. Time is running. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. And we acknowledge you. We give you thanks, Lord. For who you are to us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for being a good father, the best father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that you be all our needs, oh, God. We thank you, Lord God, that you reveal mysteries and choose to us through your Holy Spirit. Oh God, we thank you, Lord God, for your steadfast love, your kindness, your mercy, Lord God. We thank you for this time of sharing thank you, Heavenly Father, even as I speak it up in my mouth to, to speak, to talk, to preach. You know, but your Holy Spirit is the teacher. Open up your Word to us. Open up your will to us. Show us a more excellent way that we might be all that you command us to be, all that you called us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, we be Amen. 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 <laughs> 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 you
1: Good morning.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. uh and it's funny how that. movie mm So, in other words, you see that the apostles were not Mm sufficient. Now, they might stay at a place, you see here, the apostles stayed at one place for two years, and the place for three years, but their job was to go and encourage the believers. Their job was to go and check on maybe the new churches that they had just Mm planned. But the truth is, these were interactive bodies, that everybody functioned, that the apostles were not lording themselves over the assembly. Mm-hmm. But they came and they talked and they laid the foundation and they gave order. But then it was the responsibility of the people to carry the water out. Yeah. It was the responsibility of the people. The apostles, apostles, leaders were, were not the main speakers. Okay, excuse me, because these means they were the main speakers, but that was only temporary. I guess it, was, right? Come on. it was only temporary that the apostles came to <laughs> They were like parents.
1: Uh, so uh, 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 up, so they
2: get to a certain point, okay, of maturity, and then you release them. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. So
1: hallelujah.
2: The they train you, they you, long enough to get you on the way, to get you set. They yeah. train you to be a productive citizen. Come on. When you train your children, you train your children to be productive citizens
1: within the nation,
2: within the community, right? Mm-hmm. Within this world, you train them. So that's what the apostles are doing. The apostles do, they train, they equip. Yeah, they train and they equip, and then after a while, they're all right. Now, go. Mm -hmm. I'll release you to go do what God's called you to do, right? Mm. They came to equip the body, I'm going to say, to function while having a human head. Mmm apostles, apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastor, and teacher came to equip the body to function without having a human drive yeah. somebody to roar over
1: them.
2: Yeah. And so with that, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Yeah. Wow. By the of to have the human say that again the to the teachers to functional the head so that means there shouldn't be anyone lording themselves over them no they should know no. what to do and be of the business of doing it yes as the body yes. okay a question right. I'm instigating yes sir do that. <laughs> do that. So Jesus chapter 4, uh, beginning verse 11. Jesus, uh, what i here, mean. um, you read from the of 11 down to verse 16? And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers <laughs> for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the mess, for the edifying of the body of
1: Christ. Yes. Till we all come into the union till we all, oh, sorry, going to be, till we all come into the unity of the faith yes. and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of
2: Christ,
1: that he, that we he henceforth be no more children yes. to his cross, and carried out with every wind of doctrine by the flight of men. And the cunning
2: craftiness thereby they lie in wait to receive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into uh, him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. From the whole,
1: from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual.
2: Working in the measure of every part, mm-hmm. maketh increase mm-hmm. of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Oh, my. You see that? Came, that they came, once again, as I said earlier, right, to edify the mm-hmm. body, <laughs> right, to cause them to function. I, I love verse 13. So we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son, and so a perfect man, and we're a perfect nation, come to a place of maturity, right? Until the measure of the stature Of the fullness of Christ Hallelujah That's the job of the evangelists. They come to the, the, the apostle, prophet And faster pastor and teacher To equip the saints to function Come on, to function Oh God, just like that child Raising the mark Helping you to discover your gifts Helping you to discover the abilities That you have so that when they, they, they find you, you get to that point of maturity, right? let me step on up because now you have what it takes to function. Now, not that they don't come back, not that they don't come and encourage, not that they don't come to satisfy and get even an additional equipment, but their job was to show us how to function on their own, and not on your own, but by weight. i say it like this. Help you to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You know, Holy Spirit. Yes. And you know then operate and function within the body as you will. i go back to uh, Corinthians, but you won't go back to First Corinthians chapter 12, where it talks about how the gifts function according to how God places everyone in the body.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: it's God's job. God's place. God puts you where he wants you. Want. God knows what's in you. You know, he created you. Do what he created you to be? And so when he speaks to you and asks you to do something, he even not you out of your comfort zone. hmm oh <laughs> When he brings you out of your comfort zone, oh, my God. And so it, it's a little nuts. You know, You know the, the eagle, the, baby, the, the mother eagle, she'll come, she'll take that baby. You know? so I take him out of the and Drop him. And now, all right, stop. <laughs> but before, so it's been a part of. See, she, she's growing them, she's maturing them, but she don't have to get around trip. It looks like they're not gonna fly. The only you come down and scoop them up, all right, them back up all right, This one ain't ready.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But it does that with each one, and drop all the next. And so that's the job of the fivefold ministry. They come they, they nurture you, they feed you, they, they raise you up. Then they get like, all right, fine. <laughs> -hmm. Mm -hmm. This idea that we have of of church leadership today, the way the church functions you know, comes out of ancient Greece. (laughs) It comes out of the Greco Roman culture, where they had a person that, you know, they had a certain look, they had certain distinguishing marks. And especially in the Roman culture, the more money you had, that made you more, more of a leader. You know, they had the religious group, you know, mm-hmm. the people in the Roman culture. The Caesars, and the you had been made of the Roman Senate, cannot do that. They had <laughs> the of these. But that didn't mean necessarily that they were leaders. But that's the truth, uh, that's, that's the standard that they set. So America, what's democracy based on that Greek culture, right, What's mm-hmm. that leadership in the same way. So you have a certain thing going on about you, but in the kingdom of God, it's not something. In the kingdom of God, your people is based on operating in functioning in what God has called you to create you to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, the usher, no matter, you might be even the, the janitor of the school, but if God is anointed you to work in that distance and in that calling, then hey, you, you're operating in you leadership. You're functioning as a leader. Mm-hmm. We're being as we operate and function in our gifts. And that's what these powerful ministries do. They teach us how to function in our gifts. Teach us how to function, you know, on our own. You know, your parents taught you certain things they maybe I was saying, you know, I'm ain't gonna be here, <laughs> man. I can remember hearing that coming up. You know, you gotta get out of here like that. You know. You gotta go out there and live with y'all, so there's certain things you try to instill in you, instill in us. Amen. So that we can go on function. So that's what the trial for mission. I wasn't going to teach this I didn't think this was going to go, but the Holy Spirit does what they do. Okay, so let's go to our First Corinthians 14. You still in that same boat. Same this is, we're talking about the early church. There were four types of meetings that they held, and we still in the first one. Mm-hmm.
1: <coughs> so, First Corinthians, chapter 14, let me catch
2: This verse in particular, okay, verse 14, uh, chapter, I'm going to start with verse 1. Okay, let's see here. Sister Marnie, I'm going call you again. Can you read verses 1 down to verse (laughs) 6? I will act charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may Mm -hmm. Mm prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown
1: tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no
2: man understandeth it. How in your spirit he speaketh wisdom mm-hmm. Go down the word. Verse 6. But he that prophesies
1: speaketh unto men through edification and exhortation and
2: comfort. Mm-hmm. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But he that prophesies edifies the church. I would that you all speak with tongues, mm-hmm. but rather that you prophesy to greater is That was just about to ask again. What was the first one? Yeah, after the start the meeting was the first time. Mm-hmm. Each now be Accepted. Unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Joseph so spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For I claimed a crying of loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were laying were healed. And there was great joy in that city.
1: Hallelujah. And
2: these were the evangelistic meetings that were held in the marketplace, right? and in, or in buildings with believers. And so the evangelistic marketplace evangelism, and I, I believe, not that I'm good, but I believe not only because, you know, we're going to be going out here on this upcoming Saturday about the 10th and then in, we invite, hopefully, many of us can make it out there. But what they did, Paul, Philip went out there and he preached the word. He went out there and preached the kingdoms of them. And the word, uh, shall I say, the signs and wonders follow this preaching and establishing of the kingdom. Now, we know that the word gospel means good news. You we all know that son was a preacher of the gospel of the kingdom. He came out. And many people out in the street, just a little plug for what we're doing on that Saturday, or this Saturday, shall I say, that many people out there heard about church. Mm-hmm. They know about religious church They know about religious church They heard about religious church They know what religious church is about Because when you talk to them They even come back to that church right now. Okay But what they have not heard Is the gospel of the kingdom What they have What they heard is Jesus came to die on the cross for our sins raised from the dead So that you can go to heaven And not go to hell. And that's it that's, yeah, that's the entryway. That's the introduction. But what is the benefit of it? Because, you know, many of them out there, they're out there, they're suffering, and they're going through what they're going through, drug addiction, homelessness, all the things that they're going through. But what is it that's going to stir their spirit? What is it that's going to cause and promote change yeah. it's the gospel of the kingdom. Because in the gospel of the kingdom, you discover your true identity. And so that's what the evangelistic meetings were about. We came preaching of the gospel of the kingdom. And you see Philip went down to uh, a city of Samaria, right? He, he went down to a place where they were heathens. They were people that didn't know the Lord. They, they didn't know Christ. You know, they were some, you know, half wit Jews, I that as they talk about it, as you, you do some reading and follow up on who the Samaritans were. But Philip went down with this good news. Good news. You don't have to live the way that you're living. Good news that you can be set free from drugs. Good news that if you change, just change your life, you repent, change your thinking, change your direction. God can deliver you from the place where you are right now. And then when we'll we love it on by giving them the clothes, by giving them the food, by giving them the water, and all this the things. See, because evangelism should not be about trying to make people target, you know, to, to, to get a, a notch on your belt about how many people you got saved.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Our ministry, see, what our ministry does, because the times that we're going out there, people starting to recognize it. Yeah. They're starting to come up to us. They speak to us. I was out there with a uh, new experience this past um, Thanksgiving morning. And, you know, people came up to, you know, they remember me. They knew who I was. Or, uh, for. People want to know that you can. Hallelujah. Uh, people want to know that you can <laughs> and ask to go beyond Oh God, okay. I saw some things out there that bothered me. I saw some great things out there, but I also saw some things out there that bothered me. That's why we have to change our mindsets and get away from religious thinking and I'm running out of time. <laughs> And get away from religious thinking because in that religious thinking, see, we have to go back. And I think a big problem in the as we've been, and I, I speak for myself, and, because I've been in the church for a long time. As you get become a believer, that you've been in the church for a while, you get comfortable. Mhm. You get settled in. Mhm. You forget where you came from. You forget what Christ has done for you. You forget that you were saved. Mind. you forget that you were just one step away from being in this situation.
1: Yes. You
2: was one mistake away. <laughs> you was one unemployment, season of unemployment away from being in this situation.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: was one situation that went on in your family, but it's God that has kept your mind. It's God that has led you. It's God that has kept you. And so now we get comfortable in that, and we forget <laughs> oh my God! We forget, but this evangelistic meeting was to go out and share the joy. People want to know the joy that you're living. That God wants us to go and express the joy of who we are with others. It's not about trying to get a notch in your belt. It's about letting people know, be the expression of the love of God in other people's life. Hallelujah! Sometimes we're not out there asking for a decision. Come on! <laughs> yeah. You don't have to ask for this, but guess what? If you pray for people, yes. If you touch on them, if you just some, some people are happy that somebody sees them as a person and not just a dope at Yeah. Not just as some homeless person that might not look too good and might not smell too good. There are people out there that really got some hearts. Hallelujah. There are people out there that are oh, down that
1: just
2: ain't trying to get over. You know, and the fact that they're trying to get over is because that drug. Mm -hmm. That drug, that that, that demonic drug demon has caused them to try to get over because they're trying to survive. But when it comes to mind, their identity, you speak to the person who you see them to (laughs) be. And you speak to the person, you speak to the image of God in you. Yeah, and that's what Philip was doing. He came to the city he came to the Samaritan city. to Remember that uh, Samaria was at the well with Jesus? She looked at herself in a lonely place. She looked at herself as not equal. She looked at herself as not good enough. But when Jesus got finished with her, she told the whole city, come see your man. Come on. And it wasn't the type of ride they were. she was having fun. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: It wasn't the type of meeting with, with the fellows that she was normally used to have. And then they came and her now... We heard what you said about it, and now we've come to experience Him for ourselves. Because now, now we believe not just because of what you said, because we experienced it for ourselves. So that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants people to experience Him through us. It's not always about getting that decision. Because guess what? It's the Holy Spirit that's, that's going to work. He wants to use you. He wants to be an agent, and so. He did this these evangelists. They did these evangelists in the marketplace. And that's just not just gathering every, you know, other month at k and A. K&A. But it's in your life. It's just being a display around your neighbors. It's being a display around your community, around your family. I walk down the street sometimes and I probably you on me, but I'm just kind of shocked. I came out the store one day, and his brother came up to me, so I was walk, walking and talking with me, you know, all of a sudden like he was asking for a little something, and all of a sudden he started talking about the Lord and this, that, and the other, but like like he knew something, okay? And guess what? People will notice it about you. They'll see it on you. They'll feel it on you. But they they, they want to know are you going to be? Because one thing I heard that disturbed me when I was out there, that there was some things that was going on. We're going to discuss that at a later time. But one of the things that I heard was one of the people left that meeting that table with that encounter on Thanksgiving Day. The church folks, they always, you know, thinking they better or something. I don't know what happened. I just know what happened.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: But I was like, they shouldn't have left like that. Mm -hmm. That's not the way, because (laughs) they deal with nasty attitudes every day. Yeah, all the time. They deal with nasty They deal with people looking at them a certain way all the time. But the people of God—they should not get that from one of us. Okay. They should not get that feeling that feel no. Our job is to edify them. Our job is to encourage them. Our job is to let them know that they matter. Mm-hmm. That their existence is for a purpose. That they're not just here. Okay, I'm going over time. They're not just here. Yes, sir. Yes, You know, you're out on these streets and things are all over, and, and these things have happened in your life, but guess what? This is not who you are. This is not you. This is something that's happened to you. Yes, sir. We come to let you know that Jesus came to set you free, and he came to let you know who you really are. Hallelujah. And, that, and then they take that home, and then the Holy Spirit can deal with it. One plant, one word. God, they get the increase. I pray you on what I said. Let that sandwich they got. Let that sandwich minister to them at midnight tonight. Mm -hmm. Let that bottle of water. Let those clothes. Every time they put one of those bottles of clothes, let them remember the encounters that they had with us. Hallelujah. They do. There's people that come, evidently it happens because there's people that come up and they remember us. Mm -hmm. There's people that come up and they speak to us. They say hi. We hug them and put our arms around them. Mm-hmm. They experience God Hallelujah They experience God They experience the life of the kingdom. They experience unconditional love Hallelujah. That's, what the that's what those evangelistic Meetings are for And even when we meet within the assembly Like I'm doing now The evangelists came to, to talk of the good news And to encourage and to lift up And to edify and to teach one another Amen What's going on Uh you know, Jerry, I was talking about it more New Year's, but we've been talking about even coming up to this January. I don't know some of you on Facebook. She has this plan where we want to hold this evangelistic teaching. When we want to teach and talk about evangelism. We want to do it by way of soon, but you know, we know that uh, I love technology. That not all of us can come here. So every day of the week, or whatever days and times that we have set for that, that everybody can make it. But doing it through technology, we can all be involved. We can all learn, we can all be edified, and have this meeting, we all be equipped to go out and do what we do as a greater level.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going
2: to go ahead and shut my mouth right now
1: and shut it down. Um, uh, if
2: there's any questions, comments, um, yes, sir. Where are the other two types. Um, We're going to get into that. But the other two types, I need a chance to read uh as the uh, regular church gathering, which we do on the day,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Oh, 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 this one, this one. Decision-making meetings, which adds to Acts 15, but we'll cover that later. The regular church meetings. and Then, uh, what's the yeah, That's it. There's four types of meetings. I say five all like the Acts before. The apostolic meeting, mm-hmm. the evangelistic meeting. Decision making—that's you know, the business meeting, right? And then just the regular gathering of the saints; those are the four types. And so we're going to deal with the other two types in the next week. Hallelujah! Yeah. We might come back a little bit more with the evangelistic meeting as well. But that's what we're going to do. Anyone else? Comments? Question? Can I ask them a question? Sure. Up until now, we thought church service was all there was. Am I, am I mistaken in believing that was kind of the thought we all had? And we didn't realize that our lives are to be connected to those other meetings. And we've even been participating in them and not knowing what we were participating in. Now, the reason why I posed the question to you is because if you really grab what Pastor Anthony is trying to help us understand, these meetings impact all of our lives everywhere we are. We are always engaged in these different types of meetings, and God wants to bring us out of being, having a tunnel vision where we think it's only coming to the building. And so my prayer is we're grabbing from what he's teaching that the body of Christ is supposed to be more fuller than we've been living is that safe to
1: say?
2: Amen. And so, I look at all y'all. And y'all looking so strange right now. <laughs> Somebody say amen this morning. Say amen this morning. Say hallelujah this morning. Did Pastor Anthony bless us? Amen. Let's bless the Lord. Hallelujah fortune of uh million joining the come home bless us thank you Pastor anthony you. hallelujah
1: hallelujah that was good, that was good.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And with the worship this
1: morning,
2: let's just give God some thanks and praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Good job. Good job. Anybody, good
1: job. anybody have any good yeah. testimony and encouragement
2: this morning? Anything that sounds for cool? Definitely, we're just Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, that's right, just Thanksgiving, what? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Nobody's exactly. house burned down or anything. We got something
1: oh, to offer. <laughs> this is my
2: first Thanksgiving
1: for our family. Oh, yeah. And um, it was a challenging week. It really, really was. You know, um, he has his specialty that he's been doing for the years. He's been taking a week. He's been doing you know, so and it was years and years I had to do all of all myself. So I don't, I'm not the one that say, you know, I hear people say that God sent a particular that to or whatever. But I was in the kitchen. This this dinner is always to the point. You know, round, straight. <laughs> But, you know, so everything, was, I really struggled with that. I really did, because I was like, how am I going to be thinking about it? You know, I guess I got probably so tired of me talking about these things. you know, we just have to do it? Yeah. You know? So I was in the kitchen, and I was thinking did I ever see him you know, flip them over? And I just said, you know, I already knew his ingredients, because, you know, I'll be and of things. <laughs> so I already knew, because it didn't come like, well, how did you get them straight like that? And I talked about half an hour. I could not get those cookies ones in that seat. Okay, so. <laughs> and then I said, well, now, how am I going to flippen? And I heard this voice. It was just so clear as day. He said, sweetheart, you don't have to him. You do seen have to him. And then I thought about it. I said, you know what? You know, did did him.' But my testimony is my testimony. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I'll oh,
2: Hallelujah. the
1: hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
2: You never want to come out of that safe place. If we understand today's lesson, your life is going to be changed forever. Now, you notice I say that all the time. Because it's true all the time. If you listen to the instruction, give heed to the word, your life changes forever. So come on, say this with me. Today's my day. Today's my day. That I change, and because I change, things around me, things around me and change. And when people don't change, I'm not moved. I'm not moved. Because, because I changed. I'm changed, I'm, no I'm no longer pressed by what people say or do. What your life is superior to the lives of the people that are around you. <laughs> Not to make you better than, but to make you exceptional because we are sons and daughters of God. And so if you take the notes, I you to write at the top of your page. Stepping out of your comfort zone. Stepping out of your comfort zone. Father, we thank you for bringing us together today. You have a word for your people. For you have always purposed that we will fulfill the destiny that you have for us. So we open ourselves to that word today. We open our spirit to be able to receive. We open up our minds to be able to embrace concepts that have gotten past us. And we make a commitment to live out what you reveal. We thank you for it, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Bible, we've heard all the time basic instruction before leaving earth. Have you ever heard that before? That the Bible means basic instruction before leaving earth That's the acronym for the word Bible Well, the Bible is our instruction manual For how to live life on God's terms I want you to get this deep in your spirit today The Bible is our instruction manual for how to live life on God's terms. Yes. But there's a problem. The problem is that most of us have tried to live our life on his terms yes. instead of living the life he has for us. Okay. Yes. Most of us have tried to live our life on his terms instead of living the life that he has for us, chosen for us, on his terms. Are you understanding the difference? In other words, you have your idea of the life that you're supposed to be living. But God has already planned your life. Mm -hmm. Most of us are dragging God into the life we've chosen for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Instead of discovering the life That he's chosen for us and it could be a terrible thing That you spend all your years Working at that which God hasn't ordained Only to come to the end of your years To discover that God Had a different plan Are you paying attention? God's desire is that we always live beyond our perception of our own will and our perception of our own capability to discover how he graces us to be capable to do what he's created us for. In other words, whatever he's created you for, he graces you to be able to do it. I'm going to say that again. Whatever he's created you for, he graces you to be able to do it. I watched Pastor Anthony say, I'm, I'm outside of my comfort zone. And I said to myself, good. <laughs> because you discover your potential by coming outside of your comfort zone. You will never fully know who you are capable of being until you become dissatisfied with who you've already become. Yes, sir. You'll never really understand your potential until you're doing what you thought you couldn't do. Mm-hmm.
3: Hallelujah. Mm-hmm.
2: Hallelujah. That's why if anybody calls on you to minister, we are all supposed to be ministers. Don't you dare say to anybody, I can't do it. All right, man. All right. Never allow your head to get in the way of your <laughs> destiny.
3: Amen.
2: Never, allow your, 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 never allow your poor perception of self. To rob you of being who God called you to be. <laughs> you are greater than you're giving yourself credit for. You are greater than you're giving yourself credit for. Come on, say this with me. God has called me to greatness. God has called me to greatness. Now say it like you mean it. God has called me to greatness. greatness. Now, like right? God God me to greatness. Amen. Say this. That there is a purpose that God wants you to fulfill, that is greater than you see yourself being able to fulfill.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But God chose you for it before you knew you were chosen. Are you receiving this this morning, or right, I should say this afternoon? Turn with me to First Corinthians chapter fifteen. First Corinthians chapter fifteen. And and I have to tell you this, it hit my spirit this morning. This is the last message that I'll be sharing with you for a few weeks, other than on the conference line. But the Lord said, Give them this message because it's essential that you come out of your comfort zone to walk in the fullness of all that God has ordained. And so I'm sitting in the office, and the Lord says, this is your last message. Mm -hmm. And and I I felt it on the inside of me. It brought me to a weeping in my office Mm -hmm. because he was showing me That until you learn to lose your will, that his will becomes fulfilled. You actually stand in the way of the purpose and destiny that he's called you to. Yes. So you must always be open to the voice of the Holy Spirit so that you can obey him in whatever instruction that he gives you, lest you find yourself fighting against God while you call yourself serving God. Yes, sir. Come on. Man. First Corinthians chapter fifteen. <laughs> and verse ten. All right. Let's start with verse nine. Find <laughs> the least of the apostles that am not need to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church of God. But here's what I want you to see, verse ten. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all; Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Grace is your ability to do the instruction God has given Grace is your ability to do the instruction that God has given. When people call on you for ministry, it's not you that is doing the ministry. It's the grace of God that is doing the ministry through you. Amen. Never think about your own ability. Your ability is empowered by his within you. It's never about you, but it's about you. Come on, say this with me. I am who I am, I am, who I am. by the grace of God within His grace me. His grace empowers me to do what he created me for. He created me for. Are you saying it? See, the Lord wants to strip us of excuses. You cannot walk out the divine destiny God has purposed for you depending on you. <clears throat> your total dependency must be on the one who has graced you. You've heard me talk about it all the time. What is grace? Grace is God's divine ability given to you in exchange for your inability so that you would now be able to do what God requires of you. I ain't changing because I know that's the truth. None of us know what we're doing. Praise God. It's the work of God in us that is directing us to do what He's called us to do. So grace is the ability that God provides for us to do what He has created us for. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Turn here with me. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Wherefore, we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Grace gives you the ability to serve God on his terms. Grace gives you the ability to serve God on his terms. Grace empowers us to live what God requires. Grace empowers us to live what God requires. I'm going to say that a third time. Grace empowers us to live what God requires. Amen. Whatever God has called you to, grace enables you to do it. Whatever God has called you to, grace enables you to do it. See, I want you to get out of that notion that that the call of God on your life, he's somehow calling you beyond what you can do what he's really doing is calling you based on what you can do because he's your ability to do it. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The enemy will always heap fear on you to keep you back from the fullness of what God has called you to do. The enemy will always heap fear on you to keep you back from doing what God has called you to do. Now, here's how fear shows up. Fear shows up as rational thought. That's a good note for somebody praise God. Fear shows up as rational thought. Okay, well, what is rational thought? Rational thought are the excuses we give ourselves for why we don't need to do what he's called us to do. In other words, let me give you an example. It's raining outside, right? It would be rational not to go out to rain. So the enemy would put fear on you and say, don't go because it's raining. Now that's rational. That's reasonable, right? But it's the deception of the enemy to use rational thought to keep you back from going and doing what God has called you to do. Fear often masquerades as wisdom. Fear often masquerades as wisdom. You're supposed to make that next phone call. And you'll get that voice in your head. Well, it wouldn't be good to call right now. Maybe you should wait. It'll sound like wisdom to you. But it's really fear driving you From doing the next thing you need to do Based on what God called you to do Am I making sense this afternoon? You're all all alright So the enemy Who doesn't know your destiny Does know your potential The enemy Who doesn't know your destiny Does know your potential So he does everything to keep you from fulfilling your potential. Can you imagine how great you would be if you had never doubted God in the beginning? Yes. Yeah. Could could you imagine how, how big this ministry would even be if we were not fearful and fretful and we've only made things about us instead of going out with the boldness and confidence and being able to say to the world that we have the answer they need.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. The we don't care nothing about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has one agenda And that is to keep you from fulfilling your potential. That's his MO. Your divine destiny has more to do with God's purpose for your life and him gracing you to live the life that he's chosen for you than it has to do with you, with who you think you are supposed to be according to your own ideas. In other words, most of us are working according to our own ideas and have yet to connect with the purpose he already had for us. We, we spend all of our life with this idea that he's supposed to keep us in whatever we're doing. So few people ever discover that he has a life totally different for them than the one that they created for themselves. Yeah. Now, let me, let me use, use Vanessa as an example. You got an invitation to, to preach at the women's meeting. For all we know, there could be four or five books on the inside of it. Mm. That God uses an event should trigger in you yes. the other thing that his purpose for you to do. Yes, sir. That he had to get you to a place to come out of your comfort zone to be able to even explore the fullness of the potential. That's in you.
1: Yes, sir. Amen.
2: Hallelujah. And I found out the more you keep doing what he's called you to do, the better you become at it. Yeah. You know when you're afraid to do What he's called you to do You never become skilled at it Because your fear keeps you from doing it yes. yeah. Y'all in the right place today huh? Born again Is a struggle In that when we get born again We struggle between Is that the Lord or is that me Is that the flesh or is that the devil Is that the Holy Spirit Or is that God Let's clear that up today The more you fellowship With the Holy Spirit The more sensitive you get To him speaking Amen The more you fellowship With the Holy Spirit The more sensitive you get To him speaking Yes And God's commitment to you is that if you get off track, he will realign you and put you back on track. So never be afraid of getting off track. Your fear should be staying off course. Because even when you make a mistake, He's so committed to your purpose that he will realign you so that you can have another opportunity to get the assignment done right. But most of us struggle with the fact that he even called us. We don't believe it because we thought we got born again just to go to heaven. So so we've been living this life trying to make 100 because 99 won't do, but we've been trying to make 100 the way the religious system told us instead of being fully all that God's purpose is to be. So we spent more years maintaining the religious status quo and never really learning how to hear the voice of God so that purpose and destiny can be fulfilled to know the difference between our will and his will and the importance of surrendering to our will, surrendering our will to his will becomes of vital importance. Amen. Go and say, oh, Lord, oh, Lord I, must know your will. I must know your will in all things. Go and say it again. Oh Lord, oh, Lord, I must know your will all things. No. Now watch this. The Holy Spirit is responsible for revealing to you the Lord's will. Yes. No. The Holy Spirit is responsible for revealing to you the Lord's will. Yes. Wow. Never feel as though God is alienated from you. The only thing that alienates God from you is when You're in persistent sin No, I said persistent sin There's sins of omission And sins of commission The sins of omission are Sins we didn't even know we did And the sins of commission Are sins you know it's sin When you're out Operating in nonsense, God now Will back up from you And he's not Obligated to give you Any direction Hallelujah
1: Sins of Omission
2: Are why we're supposed to live A repentant life Alright I'm supposed to live a lifestyle Of repentance it is not that I deny my identity, it's that I ma- maintain my identity through a lifestyle of repentance. Amen. You had two or three thoughts this morning, you had no business happening.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Hallelujah. They're uh-huh. to cast those imaginations down. Yes, uh-huh. when, when you entertain imagination, You can risk going from sins of omission to sins of good mission. In other words, when you maintain thoughts that are contrary to your purpose, you're actually committing sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can be persistent in rebellion. Yeah, you can. You can be persistent in rebellion. When we try to turn the heat on, put your coats on, put your hats on, you gotta do you got to do, but It was the message. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somewhere in Africa, they're they, they, they burning the dust because of the heat. And somewhere in Alaska, they're in church and they're freedom. Praise God. We can handle it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, now I, I'm so, I, I want you to understand that, that your purpose is so great. That Christ is Christ in your crisis. Your purpose is so great. That Christ is Christ in your crisis. And your purpose is so great that it will survive your critics. Your purpose is so great. That it will survive your critics. Hallelujah. Your critics criticize you. Because they don't know your purpose. Mm-hmm. But once you become assured of your purpose, your critics can't keep you back from the purpose that God has called you to. Yes, sir. Most of us have lived our lives. Trying to please man. And when you live your life trying to please man, you cannot please God. Uh, are you listening? Many of us have lived what our parents expected of us. Or we tried. But all the while, God could have had another purpose for you that your parents couldn't even recognize. We have a tendency to dumb ourselves down, to be accepted by people who refuse to rise. Are you listening? Turn to Proverbs chapter 16.
1: Proverbs
2: chapter sixteen. Let's look at verse nine. And I'll tell you why the Lord said this is is my last message for quite a few weeks. Not just to drop this load on us that we will come out of our comfort zone, but because he's going to begin using more of you more often. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Now, now, what the Lord is doing is he's He's weaning you from personality Christianity Amen. That's good. and moving us more into us fully being who God called us to be. The church is not supposed to be driven by personality. Amen. The church is supposed to be driven by Christ. Yes, Your commitment has to be to Christ. More than your commitment is to anybody or anything. Now, wait a minute, watch this. And your commitment has to be to the church. When when your business takes you away from the church, it means you've made your business more important than the church. When your job takes you away from the church, it means you've made your job more important than the church. Anything you make more important than the church The church only becomes a place to hang out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In other words, your life is supposed to be lived for the life of the church. You you should never base your coming on who's preaching. You should always base your coming on Christ. And that you're the church to be trained and equipped. Yes, sir. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 16 and verse 9. A man's heart divides his way. but the Lord directs his steps. Now, now, what's this. Your heart knows in which way you want to go. But it's the Lord that directs your steps. Come on, say this with me. Direct my steps, O Lord. Lord. Now, Now, here's the secret. When he gets to directing your steps in a way you don't want to go, the test of your love of God, is you going where he directs you? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord. Yes, sir. Can I read that verse in the Amplified? Yes. A man's mind plans his way and he journeys through life. But the Lord directs his steps and establishment. Hallelujah. So 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 God wants you to plan. But he's the one that is directing your steps Amen. a man's heart devises his plan but the Lord directs his steps if I'm living contrary to his will I've devised my plan and I've chosen my own steps <laughs> for somebody watching or listening things will work when you're working what God ordained hallelujah hallelujah and, you know I, I i thought about anthony I thought about pastor and what he's about to come into hallelujah and, oh my god i I'm trying to hold it back, but i can't we're we're supposed to eat bread without scarcity. Oh. In other words, obedience will bring you into the provision God has ordained for you that you can enjoy bread without Mm scarcity. In other words, God will bring you to a place where he's continually meeting your needs because of your obedience. Mm -hmm. Not, Not just because he's faithful to you because his name is on you. No, there's another level of this thing that kicks in. My direct obedience causes the direct provision because I have obeyed Him in what He's called me to. Thank you, Lord. Matter of fact, I didn't, but I'm gonna show it to you. Turn to Acts chapter 28. I got this sitting over there. Praise God. Acts chapter 28. I had never seen this before until this morning. If I saw it, I don't remember seeing it. But but sitting over there, as Pastor Anthony was teaching, the Lord showed this to me. I want you to see the provision that comes from obedience. Mm-hmm. Acts chapter 28. This, this isn't even a part of the Bible. Acts chapter 28. And verse 8. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. Now here comes the provision, verse 10. Who also honored us with many honors, And when we departed, they laden us with such things as were necessary. Come on, say this with me. Obedience produces provision. Obedience produces provision. I haven't seen that before. I saw that today. That, That when you're obeying in a demonstration of the power of God fulfilling the assignment that the Lord has given you, there's provision because of your obedience. Now, how long has that been in this Bible? Never. You see it? So, 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 so God wants to provide for you, not just because you belong in him, but he wants to provide for you because you are now committed to the assignment he is giving you. Listen. Turn to Proverbs chapter nineteen. Proverbs chapter nineteen and verse twenty-one. There are many devices in a man's heart. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord shall stand. Mm-hmm. Listen, your heart wants to do a bunch of stuff. One minute you want to do this, the next minute you want to do that, the next minute you want to do this, and if you're like my daughter, you're trying to do three or four things at one time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the counsels of the Lord. Come on, say this with me. Counsel me, Lord. Counsel me, Lord. The Lord was counseling Robert in his sleep. And I found it interesting, the thing the Lord said to Robert about what kind of faith do you have, is what the Lord said to me about something I'll be teaching in the, the early morning session, what kind of faith do you have? Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of faith do you really have? Do, do you think just because you believe God, that believing God is equal to the faith that he mm-hmm. wants you to have? Mm-hmm. That there's a faith that's supposed to be that there's nothing impossible to that, <laughs> that believe. What kind of faith do you have? You see it? Man's heart devises his plan. There are many are there, there are devices in a man's heart, but the counsels of the Lord. God wants to settle us. Because we've been like this. And we, we've been trying to get God to back us up, but we've been like this. If you'll settle in God, God will settle you. And in you being settled, you'll experience great freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I. I can tell when people are settled because when you're settled, there's no worry. When you're settled in God, there is no worry. I didn't say there's not reason to worry. I said you don't worry. Hallelujah. You see it? When I'm settled in God, Then I know that God is ordering my steps. And that whatever I encounter, God has graced me to encounter it. I thought about the life of an apostle in this respect. You know, you know, now it's first-class airfare, Rolex watches, and five-star hotels. But in the days of the apostles, what it really was, was persecution and affliction and suffering and first-class airfare, Rolex watches, and five-star hotels. You see, I don't remember reading that in the Bible. Come on. Well, do you remember Paul said, I know how to be a baby, and I know how to abound? He said that he suffered lack, but he also suffered abundance. Oh, my, my, oh, Lord, glory, Lord! Can you imagine suffering abundance? (laughs) (laughs) That that just kind of slipped out for anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, say Lord bless me. Lord bless me. To suffer abundance. To suffer abundance. In the midst of. In the midst of. Suffering persecution. Suffering persecution. Oh, yeah. Turn to Proverbs chapter 20 Verse 24 says Man's goings Are of the Lord How can a man then Understand his own way Twenty Proverbs 20 verse 24 did you catch that? Yes, sir. <laughs> Man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? Sure. <laughs> See, if, if you really lock into what I'm teaching today, i <laughs> glory to God. You'll stop trying to figure it all out.
1: That's <laughs> <Exactly.
2: Sure. laughs> Hallelujah. You get in trouble when you're trying to figure it all out from a carnal mindset. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Because what God has called you to do is greater than anything you've experienced up to now. Yes, you haven't been this way before. Right. <laughs> and if you knew what you was going gonna go through. <laughs> yeah. I ain't going through here. Hallelujah. Oh, so. yeah. Now, here's what I want you to see out of that verse. You don't know the way. Mm-hmm. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, If any man be in Christ, he's is a creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The next word says, And all things are of God. So you and I are supposed to be living all things new that are of God. We haven't been here before. Yeah. Come on, say this, Show me the way, Lord. Show Hallelujah. me the way, Lord. Jeremiah chapter 10. You don't have to turn me. Just write this verse down. Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23 says, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not his own. No one who walks directs his own steps. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. I'm going to read it again. I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not his own. No one who walks directs his own steps. (laughs) Hmm. Hallelujah! Do you realize that God is at work in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure? Thank you. <laughs> awesome. And the work that He's begun in you, He's perfecting to the day of Christ.
3: Thank
1: you,
2: Lord. Hallelujah! If you are not who you you are not who you will be tomorrow. Because as you keep Dying daily Hallelujah Come on Say I die daily, I die daily. You see it Lord, Lord showed me a revelation Earlier this morning Christ in you The hope of glory This is the mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Where's Christ at? He's on the inside of me. The mystery is on the inside of me, and it's my full expectation of all the glory that God wants to manifest in my life. The devil has tricked us up. Let's just go into church, get a message, feel real good, go home and struggle. Mm -hmm. Just just get a message, take your notes, put them on your desk. Don't go back and meditate on them. Don't don't allow the Holy Spirit to give you greater revelation. I heard a preacher say, if you can manage anger, you can change your destiny. He said, said, our life is supposed to be a display of the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. And the one thing that will move you out of the fruit of the Spirit is anger. So that if man can manage anger, he can manage the destiny God has for him. Hallelujah. Come on, Sam, I'm on my way. On. With your angry self. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. And listen, I'm understanding this thing. Part of you walking out the divine destiny God has ordained for you is learning to keep your mouth shut when the enemy comes out against you, no matter who the devil chooses. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) That, That if I'm quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow the anger, it doesn't matter who said what about what. I am walking out the divine destiny God has ordained for me so that no one can block my inheritance. Somebody say glory. Glory. There are plans we make from our heart. From our feelings, mm-hmm. and we are committed. But it is only the plans of the Lord that will stand. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Some of you have been in love 10 times.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and,
2: and, and you saw her from yesterday, uh-huh. and you said, Lord, thank you for spending. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because we live by our feelings We live by our emotions Your feelings Your emotions are no Barometer of God's direction Write it down Your feelings Your emotions are no Barometer of God's direction Uh, Hallelujah The enemy. Conditioned us to live by our feelings. The enemy conditioned us to live by our feelings. So so when the word is good and you feel good, you're happy. But, But when you feel like the word wasn't good and you don't feel good, you're unhappy. I found out God gives us something greater than happiness. Do you know what it is? Sure. There it is. Joy is greater than happiness. Happiness uh-huh. is an event, it's an emotion that's the result of a happening. Yes, right. Thanks. But joy comes from God. That's yes. right. And so, and so, if you don't let the devil get your joy, All right. There is nothing he can take from you. Last night I was studying, or yesterday afternoon I was studying, when the thief is found, he must restore sevenfold all he's told. And I came to realize the thief in my own life has been the devil. So, having found the true enemy, it, 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 it's, it's not a family member, it's not my wife, it's not my children, it's not Uncle Bud. Hallelujah. The only one that has stolen from you is the enemy, the devil. And so, now the devil has to let go. Don't get it. There's nothing blocking you from from fulfilling your potential because you found the enemy. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's not your uncle. It's not your cousin. It's not the sister you don't like talking to anymore. The only enemy in your life is the devil. So now, whatever he's been holding back from you, While convincing you to be in anger and unforgiveness I'm talking to somebody this morning. (laughs) While convincing you to be in anger and unforgiveness, he can no longer hold back from you because you see who the real enemy is. Come on, say I accept my freedom. I I accept my freedom. And the devil ain't taking it back again. Turn to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Now, what I'm about to read to you, most of us, when we first got born again, came to this and we tried to do this. And then somewhere in the course of life, we got confused and started doing our own thing. Are you ready for this? John chapter 12 and verse 25. He that loveth his life shall lose it. Robert, if you could get this one in the Amplified or somebody has it Amplified, I'd appreciate it. But uh, John chapter 12, verse 25, he that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it until life eternal. Verse 26, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him Will my Father honor you? The Father wants to honor you. But honor comes because you serve the Son.
3: Amplified,
2: what does verse 25 say? The one who loves his life eventually loses it through death but the one who hates his life in this world and is concerned with pleasing God will keep it for life eternal. Okay. Now, we have been operating in a certain self-preservation. So instead of dying to live the life that Christ has ordained, We've been trying to use the promises of God to excel. Mm -hmm. Did y'all catch that? Mm -hmm. We've been trying to use the promises of God that he would bless us, he would grace us, he would prosper us, we would enjoy the lap of luxury, but many have not paid the price. Mm -hmm. How do you forsake your own life? You'll find it in verse 24. Verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall yes, into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But as it dies, yes, it bringeth forth much fruit. Yes, I want you from today forward to so look at your life now as being a life where God has called you to not just be fruitful, but to bring forth much fruit. The more you die, the greater the fruit you'll produce. I'm going to say that again. The more you die, the greater the fruit that you produce. In other words, the less I die. Thank you, Lord. Okay, die to what? Here it is. Personal ambition. When, when your only ambition is to get your needs met, you've not died. When, when your only ambition is to survive, you've not died. And when your only ambition is that the promises will be yours, you have not died. Because the fulfillment of the promises, there's a condition, it requires your death so that you're entitled to the promises coming to pass on your behalf. In other words, death produces provision. Provision. When I'm talking about that, I'm talking about personal ambition, wanting to do your thing. You know how they were saying in the in the early nineties, you know, do you? And you ran around, you grabbed that title, boy. Just it just you, you just, it just it just stirred your flesh. I'ma do me. I can hear some of the arguments. Well, I'ma do me. Well, I'ma do me. It created an attitude of, of competitive competitive Yeah, that word. Uh, <laughs> competition <laughs> Because your attitude now was well I don't care what you have am too many. What you were really saying was this I refuse to die. Wow. Wherever death Personal ambition doesn't kick in. There can be no fruitfulness that, that's the result of your submission to the Spirit, your Son. He doesn't want you to just produce fruit. He wants you to produce much fruit. Anybody learning anything? Yeah. See, your your destiny has already been chosen, but you have to choose it. You you don't know what your purpose is until you're surrendered to his will, that he opens up his will to you, and you recognize in order to do this thing, i got to die. How many years has those been about you? Hallelujah. You? you see it? Is that that? Yeah, that's yes. right, So somebody just tell me who the name is. Moses Cabin. That's that's gonna call. Alright, mm-hmm. so he doesn't know what I'm doing right now. So so unless you die. You will never walk in the fullness of the purpose that God is holding for you. You won't even discover He has a purpose for you. You spend years in survival mode. You spend years praying to a God who refuses to answer because you've not surrendered your will to His yet. Because you pray doesn't make you more spiritual. Hallelujah. I'm serious about this. Just because you pray doesn't make you spiritual. I have to pray from a place of brokenness. I have to pray from a place of death so that God now can release life. I enjoy singing the songs. You see me up there, I'm like, doing oh, my thing, praise God. But there's a worship that he's looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm so broken, I'm caught up in his presence. Yes. That the Holy Spirit now is ushering my fellowship before the Father. What? Worship is not supposed to be the prelude to the message. Amen. And I keep seeing it happen over and over again. Bless God. If it's not a song that you like, glory to God, you come in with a song and you sing the one you like. But when you sing it, let us all be caught up in the spirit in it because we're worshiping God. We're not worshiping a song. Amen. Same thing with your offering. When you give your offering in death, your offering produces life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but if you just tip in God, you know, help the preacher get a little something, something. You haven't sown your offering in death. Unless the seed go down into the ground and die. It cannot bring forth much fruit. Can I tell you how we've been sowing? Not, not just you here, you know, those watching, praise God. I'm going to tell you how we've been sowing. We've been sowing in order to get. So we've not been sowing out of love. We've been sowing out of need. Last week I told you you should become an addicted sower. Become an addicted sower, but so right. Mm. Hallelujah! When, when, when you when you're giving your offering, a part of your death shows up in your joy in mm. forgiving. Teaching you stuff I didn't plan to teach. Praise God! Are you understanding? So so even when it comes to giving. God wants you to be dead so that your giving produces fruit. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now, yeah. now, yeah. uh, yeah. he says, Verily, verily I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. Watch this. What you compromise to keep, you always lose. What you compromise to keep, you always lose. This is why Jesus tells his disciples, you must forsake all to follow me. All of you, all of you, all of you, whatever God is calling you to do, that means you forsake him all. I'm telling you now, you got to do it. You got to forsake mother. You got to forsake father. You got to forsake wives. You got to forsake lands. You have to forsake everything in order to follow him, so that the fullness of the purpose he has for you can now come alive on your behalf. You remember when 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 the guy came to Jesus and said, Master, I want I'll follow you. And then he made excuses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the next one said then the next one he asked him to follow, follow me. And he made excuses. And then the last one he asked to follow him. And he he said, well, let me go back home. I got people there that came over for Thanksgiving, and I want to make sure I let them know that, that I'm, you know, I'm going over to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. I'm telling you today, most of us, and I'm speaking in a generality, but most of us have had our hand to the plow. While we're looking back. We don't know what sacrifice really means yet. Oh, I'm I'm trying to drive this into your spirit. You gotta know that sacrifice means that when you have a will to go one way and God is calling you to go another. You have to surrender your will to his will that his will becomes fulfilled in you because his will is your true destiny. It's not what you think. It's not how you think. Matter of fact, he's trying to change your thinking so that his destiny can come to pass in your life because your obedience to his destiny is your destiny now being fulfilled. Hallelujah. All right, we settled there. I seen all the moving around and stuff. Praise God. <laughs> the plan of God for your life will often require you to step out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. There's no other way around it. This, Matter of fact, he said this to me in the office earlier. There's no shortcut. His mind But whatever shortcut you make I guarantee you It's going to make the journey longer yeah. Hallelujah yeah. They, they say the shortest distance between, between, How you go? Shortest distance between two lines of the, street. the shortest so just distance two points. Just Between two points Is a straight line Listen, here's how we've been going now, I know the shortcuts Yeah, okay. (laughs) There are no shortcuts. We we've been trying to get in a prayer line so somebody can swing oil on us and and we fall out in the spirit and we say, Praise God, I got a revelation, but that's not how it works. You're gonna have to become settled in God. When God's will becomes our individual purpose, then God's will is made manifest in the nations. When God's will becomes our individual purpose, then God's will is made manifest in the nations. Now I'm going to, to Uganda by myself this year, but next year I believe there will be others of you going with us. That, and see 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 the idea here is Father, whatever you call for My will is to do that which you call me to do. Hallelujah. Now as far as provision, I gotta tell you something about provision because we still raise money to go, praise God. I'll tell you something. God has no problem getting money to you. <laughs> God's problem is with the people he's trying to use to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More now. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, that's another topic. All right. When God's will becomes our individual purpose, then God's will is made manifest in the nations. All success that you do all success demands that you do that which you never saw yourself doing before. Yeah. Yeah. Turkey wings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: my. Never did it before. But success came from you doing it what you didn't see yourself doing before and grace spoke up in a voice and said you don't have to turn away you never saw me turn away <laughs> and so grace showed up to give you direct see y'all y'all see I'm telling you you better learn to see God in the little things hallelujah you <laughs> it. All right, Turkey wings came out so good, she ain't bring any for us. (laughs) Success is also the result of what you doubted you could do. All right,
1: success
2: is also the result of what you doubted you could do. Success is also the result. result Of what you never saw yourself doing. Watch this. And success is the result of what you saw yourself doing but didn't know how or what you saw yourself doing would come about. Amen. In other words, you can't figure it out how it's going to come about. I got a million dollars coming to me. I ain't figured out how it's gonna come about, but I have recognized that the Lord gives me strategy and gives me boldness and I have total confidence that it's coming to me. It's not mine to figure out the how. I, I see it. I see it coming into the account. Can you imagine the tide?
1: <laughs> oh my
2: hallelujah Amen. hallelujah i already said it. i already got it planned out glory to god all right hallelujah yeah, yeah. come on here's the way it's supposed to work can i help y'all out for 2020 mm-hmm. financially when it comes in ten percent to god Ten percent to the works of God. Twenty percent to the family. Mm. And the other seventy percent, you invest in kingdom business. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. 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 I'ma tell you what's gonna happen when you give your money a kingdom assignment. Yes sir. Come on. I didn't plan to talk about this. Come on. But when you give your money a kingdom assignment, you are going to break the curse of poverty. Yes, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and this is not some kind of prosperity message. Nope. This is understanding that my death, even in the economy of the kingdom, brings forth more fruitfulness than you could have ever done yourself. Yes. yes.
3: Hallelujah
2: Hallelujah. Man's heart devises But the Lord directs his steps You've got to come out of your comfort zone To do the things you were created for So that you can enjoy the fullness of the potential That right now for some of you Is just laying dormant Hallelujah When, When it comes to soul your Attitude should be just as Pastor Anthony said, and that is you don't have to bring them all the time to a commitment. Right. You release the anointing that's all. Yeah. 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 on you. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you minister healing and 10 people go away healed, but one comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Start. Stop. Stop. Minimizing the power of the authority that in your own core, the very, the very core of your being. That, that when you're shaking hands with someone. Come on. That there's a transfer of the anointing that's on your life is threatening their life with purpose and destiny because you've lost a sense of fear and you started understanding the value that you are to the kingdom. Get up out of these pews. Oh, I just heard this. Get these pews out of your mind. <laughs> Hallelujah! You you can have a come on, sir. Uh, come on, come on. I'm I'm battling the word two and the word think. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you you can have a two mentality that becomes a thinking mentality. Come on. Hallelujah! Uh-huh. Now we know that's not with the word two. Me, praise God uh-huh. in <laughs> <laughs> But but are you understand what I said? This, this, this church mentality that we've been indoctrinated with has us sitting in a pew waiting for a breakthrough rather than recognizing our true identity that the reason why we're sitting here is to be equipped so that we will go forth with boldness and confidence without a sense of fear. The anointing works when you die to fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you're no longer afraid of who God has made you to be, Hallelujah. and you start accepting it as your identity, yes, now purpose starts unfolding in your presence. Yes, Lord. God told Joshua every place where mm-hmm. his foot was, it was connected. You you have to come to the place where whatever God is calling you to, however, He's ordering your steps, the reason why He's ordering your steps is He's giving you every place. Yes. Thank
1: you, Lord. Amen. this.
2: This church will no longer operate in fear, this church will no longer operate by personality. This church will be submitted to the Christ in your crisis. Thank you, Lord. When something bad goes, something bad happens, you don't know, immediately go to fear, and you are trying to call everybody to get a prayer through. Come on. Because you realize you're anointed. And you're a son, a daughter of the Most High. And you can come boldly. Religion makes you weak. It makes you dependent upon a God that hasn't embraced you. So you're still trying to figure out how much more you need to do to get his attention. Yes, sir. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lie. It's a lie. Jesus said when 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 you go into your closet, shut the door. And oh my God. And 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 he who sees in secret. He 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 rewards you in a way that everybody sees it. I've been, I've been thinking about the fact of what's it like to be a millionaire, around the people who didn't help you get there. Mm-hmm. I want y'all to think about that for a moment. Now, that's that's not meant in any kind of funny way, but I want you to think about it. What is it like to be a millionaire, around the people who didn't help you to get there? Yes sir. Then the answer is you got to love them anyway. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that the Holy Spirit will now cause you to recognize who is and who isn't. Mm-hmm. And yet he'll require you not to change. Amen. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See the point no. I'm making is, only he can direct your steps that way, You've you got to be able to roll up in, 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 in whatever car you like And still carry the character Of Christ yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah, yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. we we got people here who got New cars, they, they've got new homes And it's a beautiful thing Hallelujah. Hallelujah When you have The character of Christ But you also have the blessings of God That's what God is after. When I found out he wants to give you what he can trust you with. He wants to give you what he can trust you with. When he's convinced he can trust you, then there's no good sin. That He will withhold from them that, that walk upright right mm-hmm. right before Him. I leave you this last passage of Scripture. Turn to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. You, you know, I got more than what I'm giving, right? Yeah. I'm yeah <laughs> Did I tell y'all this was the last verse? <laughs> I didn't tell y'all that Did I? Uh, <laughs> I know I'm going to I may have to slip one more in <laughs> after this but yeah. we done <laughs> So we so, can so, so, so. Romans chapter 8, we quoted it earlier. We quoted, I think Odelia quoted verse 30, but verse 29. Watch this. Well, verse 28, and we know that, underline we know. God wants you to come to a place where you live from the attitude, I know this. See, you quote it, but you have a question mark. You, you quote it because it sounds good when you quote it. Uh-huh. But you have to know. Come on, say, i got to know. Uh-huh. Uh, you
3: see? And, and, yes,
2: take the we and turn it to the eye. I. I know that. Yes. Come on, say, I know that. I know that. Almost work together for good to me. -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I love God. Mm -hmm. And I am the call according Mm to his purpose. Mm -hmm. See, we've been trying to use the scriptures for him to back up our purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) When we're supposed to be living his purpose. Which is the only purpose he's committed to backing up. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You you can't preach this in the religious church. Yeah. And he amplified it says this. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Oh, I'm reading the wrong side. We we are assured, huh. assured
1: no, God, <laughs>
2: Hallelujah. We are sure and know that God being a partner in their labor. is <laughs> a you know, lately I've been saying God's my partner, praise God. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't care who I partner with out there in business, God is my partner. God is my CEO. Are you listening? Hallelujah. He says, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Do I have anybody here that love God? Amen. A, I ain't talking about faking it, now. you Put your hand up, mess around, be cursed upon your oh You, you Bro- cannot fake loving God. Because the only evidence to loving God is always obedience. So, they are actually lying about the one you're supposed to be serving. You see how clear that gets? Don't that get both clear? Hallelujah. To to love God is to obey him. So so you know, we used to say things like to to to, to, to love me, to, to know me and to love me. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> Look at verse twenty nine in the for those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved before him, he also destined from the beginning foreordaining them to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness, that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. And women and those whom he thus for day, he also called yes. and those whom he called, he also justified, acquitted, made righteous, putting them into right standing with himself and those whom he justified he also glorified raising them to a heavenly dignity and condition or state of pain yes. Amen. Thank you. Now, what you gonna do with that? Come on. Thank you. Are uh, you saying it? This, this isn't a performance? We're trying to get into your spirit the reality of who you really became when you became born again so that you can live a better quality of life through your death. Yes, sir. We we shouldn't be having a bunch of counseling sessions. Glory to God. You ought to know who you are. You, You ought to understand. And the power of Christ in his children. Hallelujah. Y'all notice how particular I am about what goes on in the room? He might feel like, you know, he's so awesome. (laughs) No, the Holy Spirit is at work. The Holy Spirit is trying to drive the demons out of you that move you away from living the life. That God has ordained for you. Your right attention is supposed to be to what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing. Because he ain't finished yet. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. He's committing surgery on you. In the operating room, they don't want anybody that's not dressed right. Don't
1: want anybody
2: in that room that's not dressed right. Because it can contaminate the surgical environment. Hallelujah. When when, when the word is going forth, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the word is a scalpel. He's cutting. He's making an incision. And he's taking out what doesn't belong there. And then the Holy Spirit now sutures you. Yes. Shows <laughs> you back up. Yes. And then he sends you forth from the meeting whole. Yes. Do you understand? See, yes. the Holy Spirit's been telling me, we've been busy trying to have a spiritual experience. And that's wrong. That's wrong. You are already spirit beings. We, we don't need to have a spiritual experience. We are spirit. Amen.
3: Amen.
2: On, the Bible says the wind goes where it lifts. And no one knows the way thereof. So are they who are born of the spirit. So so we are not like those who need a spiritual event We are like the spirit that manifests their death. for you back there. Turn to Galatians. Chapter 1. You know, they blocked me on Facebook. Until December 14th. Mm -hmm. From November 14th. (laughs) And And I don't know what I did. I don't know what I said.
1: I don't
2: know who I said it to, but I mean, this, this has been the longest block I've ever had. No. <laughs> and, and can't get any likes. <laughs> A few now, here and there, here just, I can't post to even my own groups. No. I said, my God, you know, I understand them blocking me, because they, they used to say you're blocked block um, from groups that you don't manage. Right. Well, now they're going to block me from groups I manage. anointing on your life. Mm -hmm. The more the enemy doesn't want people to receive it. Mm -hmm. See all that religious preaching, people clicking like and Hollywood, all that other kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And here you come saying no, is this, that, that, this, and the other stuff y'all talking about, that ain't it. They don't want to hear that. (laughs) Because people don't like to think they spent their time doing something that all oh, this time has been wrong. So it doesn't matter that you're right. It's easier for them to accept to make themselves believe that you're wrong so that they don't have to come into agreement with what is right. Yeah. And I found out this, and, and I want to make sure this never happens in this church. And it has happened before. Whenever you get two negative people who agree with one another, Mm. they will believe that each other is right. Mm. Oh, yeah. There's nothing like negativity Mm. that will eat like a cancer in the body. And the Bible says Be careful that a root of bitterness springing up in you doesn't cause others to become defiled. So when negative people come together and they're wrong because they don't understand the flavor of the Kool-Aid, they will believe they're right. So ignorance now becomes validated and then it looks to see where it can spread. Are right, you listening? Yeah. How come Pastor Anthony passed? It? Why isn't Pastor Leonard pastor? What sin did he get into? That he's not passed? that's, what that's yeah, the way people talk about the praise yeah. God. Say calling and asking me. They'll call and ask one another. Well what did has to do. So here's my point. Your purpose was already ordained by God. Galatians chapter 1. And verse 15. This is you. This is you. This is me. This is all of us.